0: What's up, guys? This is the Dirty Daddy Chris Dickinson, and you are listening to the one, the only Wrestle In. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Ohio, konnichiwa, konbanwa. Welcome to Noob Japan. This is a Wrestle In podcast in which we try to impart knowledge about the wonderful world of Japanese pro wrestling one wrestler at a time. In each episode, we pick a wrestler to discuss. Conversations guided by an enthusiast who is a fan of the wrestler as they try to enlighten our self-proclaimed noob who is eager to learn more. We're all a noob at something. Personally, I'm a noob at cooking, and I'd be forced to live on a diet of frozen food and microwave meals if I uh, lived alone. I am Kieran RH, and for this episode, I'm going to be making my best effort to be the enthusiast. But more importantly, I'm joined by a fellow wrestling fan as always, and he's a fellow Brit. He's a columnist for WrestleWin, like myself, but he also writes for our friends at Monthly Puro He's my go-to guy on all things current in pro wrestling Noah, but this time the roles are reversed. and Instead of Jamie updating me on things, I'm going to be updating him. And yeah, that's the guest, Jamie Johnson. Jamie, thanks for joining me, mate. How are you doing?
1: How are you doing, Jamie? Hello. Um, I'm really good, thank you. Thanks for having me on.
0: I'm really excited. Awesome, so before we jump into the rest of this this episode, like I said, you're my guy when it comes to all things Noah, and Mm. I know you are loving everything about him at the moment, and I know they've been having a landmark 2021, but in particular, I want want you to tell me why I'm an idiot for having not already watched uh, the recent champion versus champion match between Nakajima and Kino.
1: Wow, Um, well it was fantastic, wasn't it? Um, It's got very well talked about, I think. Um, of course, being I don't think it's a spoiler to say it was a, a draw. It was well expected. I was all the way up, people talking about it. it. was It was obvious it was going to be a draw, given that it was title versus title, but it was for me, match of the year. they, they had their um, N1 victory match early on in the year, which was then that was up there for me, and I think this hour-long um, sequel, maybe, um, I think it surpassed it.
0: I mean, that's high praise. I know the uh, N1 match earlier in the year, like people lost their minds over that. So for this to one-up that, speaks volumes.
1: Definitely. Yeah, they're both... I mean, they work so well together and very impressive physically and mentally as well in the match with the psychology and how they interact with each other. It's all superb.
0: Well, the man we're speaking about today does have a little bit of history with Noah. But um, we kind of went back and forth on which wrestler to pick. You threw out some great names, but we eventually landed on this man, the man they call Vader. So why did you want to learn more about Vader, Jamie?
1: Well, uh, Vader was a little bit before my time. Um, So I think he's more someone you hear stories about. He seems sort of like a mystical figure when you hear stories, years removed. So I think it's someone I want. hear about and want i think i I want to know more about them because they sound very interesting
0: well i'm excited to speak about him he's a guy that i love to watch and um he's our first foreigner that we're tackling as part of noob japan and he's also Mm. the first legend we're tackling we've been uh, pretty modern otherwise but before we jump into vader of course like dave Meltzer has the five star rating system for his matches here at noob japan we have the 10 star noob rating system so, Jamie, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being you know nothing about Vader and 10 being you're an expert about him, how much would you say you know about Vader already? Uh,
1: well, I listened to your podcast with, um, about um, Takashita in DDT. Mm-hmm. and you, you, I think you went either 2 or a 3, and I was thinking how I could uh, relate my knowledge about Vader to that sort of scale. And I've gone for a 4 out of 10. Because I feel like I, I know some of the stories and the history, but I, have, I haven't got sort of a play by play knowledge of his career, as
0: it were. No, that's a pretty good figure, but um, I'm a bit, bit worried now that I'm going to make that number go lower instead of higher. And we're <laughs> in my retirement from this podcast already. But
1: yeah, I'm, I'm sure you know more than you think,
0: I'm honest. <sighs> I bloody hope so. Otherwise, this isn't going to last very long, is it? <laughs> but, thankfully, this podcast is called Noob Japan which means I'm going to focus almost entirely on Vader's time in Japan uh, rather than his time in WWE and WCW, which is great because I know nothing about his time in WWE or WCW. Uh, I'm also probably not the most knowledgeable guy on Vader. I'm sure there's guys out there who will know tons more about me, about Vader and Japan wrestling in general. But I'm hoping I've seen enough of his work that I can get us through this episode comfortably. So it's time, it's time, it's Vader time. Mm -hmm. And... I'll start with his debut just because it's such a crazy story. You may have heard it before, but it's perhaps the greatest debut in all of wrestling history. So he made his debut in Japan with uh, new Japan. And it was after the main event had finished in sumo hall. And unsurprisingly, Antonio and had one again. Um, and then Vader made his entrance. You know, he's got a big elephant like steam helmet. He, uh, walks into the ring, the crowd doesn't know what's going on, this match hasn't been pre-announced, you know, the main event's over, and Vader obliterates, destroys Inoki in less than three minutes and wins. Mm. Uh, Inoki doesn't hit a single move, I don't think, and it was Inoki's first loss in two years, and only his second loss in an entire decade. So, you know, for this guy, the Japanese audience has never seen to come in and do that, just, you know... It literally, yeah. it literally incited a riot. Yeah, <laughs> that's
1: lot like I say with the folklore of Vader and sort of like a um, a mystical figure. I think that's sort of that's one of the stories you hear, even if you haven't seen the match or what was happening around it, you know about the Sumo Hall riot with an LK yeah, and
0: Vader. Exactly. So once, you know, the the wrestlers go backstage and everything and the fans in Sumo Hall they sit on seat cushions and they start hurling them into the ring like frisbees. And then some inventive fans even set their seat cushions on fire and flown, throwing fire cushions into the ring. Mm. Um, you know, the insulting rampage meant that New Japan were banned from Sumo Hall for the next two years because of everything that happened. So, like you said, it's a bit mythical. It's a bit this, this legend. There are, I've read conflicting information in the past in that it wasn't purely because of what Vader had done to Enoki, it was the tipping point. Um, there was this uh dodgy booking with uh ricky choshu and antonio and oki and that the match was off then it was on then it was off and then it was a tag team match and then the tag team match finished and then they had a singles match and it was just all over the place Mm. um so i think it was a culmination of the audience already being pissed off because the card was constantly changing and they would never get in what they were promised and then Inoki got destroyed by this uh foreign monster
1: but, yeah, well Enoki An- was never someone to put people over so I think it speaks volumes of how, well, probably how highly he thought of Vader and the difference he made to New Japan
0: exactly 100% so you know like I said he would always make his entrance with that giant fucking awesome helmet with the steam shooting out of it looking like something out of a film like uh, some otherworldly monster and it was so fucking cool um, you know I know when he was in WWE and WCW he wore that kind of like red leather mask that didn't really hide his face. Mm. But um, when he was in Japan, he wore more of a conventional mask where you could only see his eyes and mouths, and otherwise it would cover the rest of his face, which I personally thought looked a lot cooler and a lot better. Um, I'm not sure if he ever wore something like that whilst he was in WWE and WCW. But of course, whilst he was in Japan, you know, he started with New Japan, like I said, and he had tons of success. Namely, he was the first foreigner to win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And he won it three times.
1: Yeah, I was doing some uh, research before we started, and that was one of the first things I picked up. That he was the first uh, non-Japanese winner, and if that again, like I say, speaks volumes of how important he was. And he's su- such an instantly recognizable figure, and with the yeah. mask and everything, he's got such an aura around him and a presence of real impact.
0: Yeah, that's a perfect way of putting it. He, he does have such an aura about him. He's, just, he's a special entity. Um, but then outside of New Japan, he, of course, famously wrestled for uh, All Japan as well. And he was a two time triple crown heavyweight champion for them. And when he mm. was in All Japan, uh, I think it was more, it was in the 90s, and I want to say the later 90s. Um, he was putting on tremendous matches against the four pillars, of course, Kabashi, Masawa, Tawei, and uh, Kawada. Um, and at this point, they were already crowd favourites. They had yeah. put in the hard work. They had won the title numerous times. Uh, but I think what speaks volumes again about the importance of Vader in Japan is that by the time he did join all Japan, the Triple Crown title was only exclusively being changed between the four pillars. It was always one of them four that had the title for four or five years. No one else held the title. Kind of like you know when New Japan in earlier years had you know, it was either Tanahashi or Okada or like Styles mm. and Naito for years. It was just them four guys.
1: Um Yeah, he's one that broke into the um the, like the conventional structure
0: of exactly. Audipon. Yeah, he backed that trend. He um, you know, for years it was just the four pillars and then Fader came in and he won the title. And uh, you know, that was the end of the four pillars always having the title when they had this legitimate monster now to try and overcome rather than always fighting each other. Um yeah. You know, he was never the guy to have a technical masterclass. It's, you know, if you've seen what Vader looks like, that's no surprise. Yeah. But, you know, a match with Vader was always going to be a fight and it 100% worked. You know, the c- reactions he would get from crowds were amazing. I love, ate- as a fan watching Japanese, especially the older wrestling, um, how invested they are. Like, you know, when someone... Like a guy like Vader when he wraps his arms around someone, getting ready to deliver a suplex, the gasp from the audience in fear that their hero, their favorite, is about to get just you know fucking dumped on his head and neck like mercilessly by this monster. It's just amazing.
1: Yeah, he's got such a just a presence, and he's, he's unique in that he's a a powerful figure both in America and obviously in Japan as well, and he's a real figure of Uh, Impact as a super heavyweight In the time, in the 80s and the 90s He was different from the conventional With the four pillars and and anoki leading uh, New Japan, he was definitely A a source of Different pro wrestling
0: Yeah, I mean in all Japan you had Kind of these big foreign uh, Guys like, you know, Dr. Death Steve Williams and uh, You know, he may have done some stuff in New Japan As well actually, but uh, you had Stan Hansen Who had of course done stuff for New Japan and all Japan, but um, one of the things that stands out about Vader as being one of the greatest big men of all time is, you know, like we said, he's this mounting of a man that shouldn't be able to, but he would, he should never have been able to do it, and it looked scary and impressive and terrifying. But he would hit a phenomenal moonsault, and <laughs> you know, you've got a guy like in all Japan, Ken Nakabashi, hitting this one where he goes perfectly up and straight down, um, and it looks beautiful. Whereas then you've got this monster uh you know struggling up to the top rope that's gonna come 300 plus pounds crushing down on you it's just two complete ends of the spectrum and a guy like vader should have never been able to do a moonsault like that it's crazy that he ever could yeah definitely it's not
1: something when you see a picture of vader you think oh he, he can definitely do a moonsault it's not the, the thing you think when you see him
0: yeah but and exactly It's like, you know, he'd he'd go to the second rope and he'd do the bounce on the ropes bit where and then he'd do the belly, the splash type thing. But then to see him do him, that's what you expect of a guy like Vader, not to then take the extra rung up the ropes and then bloody do a moonsault. Um, Yeah. But no, I think one of my, uh, like mentioning about, you know, Vader just uh, destroying guys, one of my favorite, uh, I I think, for my money, it's the best suplex I've ever seen. There might be better but if there is i haven't seen it is he hits this german suplex on a inoki um and i think it's at the tokyo dome and at this point i think inoki might be winding down it might be his retirement tour or something i'm not entirely sure but vader just hits this german suplex like inoki's struggling to get out and vader's just like okay it's time and just hoists him like you know inoki doesn't jump to help and it's like slow motion just inoki comes up and over And he's at such an angle, and uh, Vader releases him at the last second, and Noki just bounces like neck and head off the the mat, and he gets air from the bounce, and he's just he sells it like he's dead. Um, He he always
1: seems to be such a gruesome and intense wrestler every time. Even if it's just a clip, you see him like you talk about there with the suplex. It's always he's so brutal in how he wrestles.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's nothing nice about it. There's no finesse about it. He, you know, in a time when people didn't know that wrestling was, you know, works that the guys were working together, it's very easy to believe that when you see a guy like Vader that's just throwing uh, fists and yeah. launching people as far as he can. It's, uh, it's not hard to think in the eighties and nineties that this guy was legit, just trying to hurt people.
1: Probably yeah. was legit. Yeah, probably was, was lying, people, isn't
0: it? Yeah. Yeah. He probably was actually hurting people, which is why it looked so. Good. Yeah. Mm. Um. And story to briefly step away from his time in Japan, that's more recent that I'm sure you may know of. Jamie is a uh, you know the the bizarre feud he had with Will Ospreay in 2016.
1: Yes, you hear about it and you think that that can't have happened, and then uh, it's just so strange.
0: Yeah, exactly. Sorry, it started because you know Ricochet and Osprey had that best of Super Juniors match, didn't they? Where it got. It blew the internet up. It transcended wrestling, mm. and you know, it had its uh, its con, its critics. You know, saying it was too choreographed, all the flips. This isn't pro wrestling. All that jazz. And Vader was one of those guys. I think he maybe tweeted something about it, and then you know, Osprey found out about it, and there was lots of back and forth. And yeah. um, it culminated in a match, bizarrely enough. And it culminated in a match, a very infamous match at RevPro, which is my local promotion. And I was actually at this show and saw this match. Um, And the thing, I, you know, Vader was a big bloke at the time when he could be fit and healthy. And, you know, in his later years, he of course couldn't do what was required for a man his size and he wasn't in the best shape. Um, And the thing I remember most about the match was Vader putting Osprey through a table uh from the ramp so you know from the entrance ramp there was a table on the floor and osprey went from mm. the ramp through the table on the floor and i was i think i literally had the seat closest to that table i've got a video i it on my phone from five years ago i say vader put osprey through a table but when you watch it what happens is Os- vader barely lifts his hand and osprey just flings himself backwards and in the air through the table because vader was in no position to be working wrestling matches in 2016
1: yeah, you think when you hear stuff about the match, it definitely sounds like Osprey sort of like carried Vader through it, but that's to be expected given so that their ages at the time and
0: what they were capable of. Yeah, exactly. That's probably an understatement. I from I've, I've not watched it back, but from what I remember, Vader pretty much stands in the middle of the ring, and Osprey just runs into him and flings himself off of him and tries to make Vader look like the monster he once was, but it was never going to work, unfortunately. Mm. And then um, to add more fuel to the fire, Vader actually won the match. Um, did he? Yeah. It later nice. Ospreay did later say in interviews that um, apparently the plan was for Osprey to win, but Vader refused to do the match unless, you know, Vader won. Yeah. Which, uh, unfortunately, doesn't paint Vader in the best light in the modern day. But, um, you know, for his time in Japan, there's arguably no better uh, monster foreigner than Vader was.
1: No, definitely. I think he's one of those um people that are just so perfect for what they did during the time say in the 80s and the 90s you've just fit the role of the the foreigner with the big presence and the powerful um move set and you just fit that to a T.
0: yeah exactly i i've not watched much of his stuff in noah um pro wrestling noah but i do know he had a pretty great uh tag team with two cold scorpio as well mm. and they um they won the tag titles. I don't think they were. No, I was going to say I think they were the inaugural tag titles, tag team champions, but I'm pretty confident they weren't. Uh, no, I
1: don't. I don't think they were. I think. Um... Oh, no, I was. I was going to have a guess who it was, but I can't know. No matter, I can't remember.
0: <laughs> um, I might think of it myself as well in a minute. But yeah, no, he spent a good few years there, but he was never. He never. He challenged for the top title a few times, um, but he never won it. And you know, if he did, he would have joined some uh, regal company in terms of uh, being one of the few guys to win the Triple Crown, the IWGP, and also the GHC heavyweight titles. But he, he yeah. never done, he never got that feat, unfortunately.
1: I think it would be would him right in saying that he'd be the only non-Japanese person to
0: win all three. Oh, 100%. I think the, the names that have done it, of course, Muto done it recently, didn't he, when he won the GHC in Noah. yeah. Um, Akiyama was one. Yoshihiro Takayama won all three, and I think the other name is uh, Kensuke Sasaki. I think they're the only three names to ever done it. Two have ever done it. You know, yeah, uh, Minoru Suzuki is the IWGP title away, but it's not going to happen realistically. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah, there's a few that are just the one title away, isn't
0: there? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I f- thought it would be uh, to bring a different piece of trivia rather than the Osprey one, which is kind of dumb on him uh, about Vader I'd give another piece of trivia and it's a uh, it's very gruesome and again it might be a story you've heard but just to be safe so it's 1990 it's Vader versus Hansen in the Tokyo Dome and before the match even begins you know Stan Hansen's charging about the ring doing what he does best and he's got his ball rope in his hand and he whips the ball rope over the top rope at Vader as Vader's making his entrance and it shatters Vader's nose
1: yeah like this is the... go on so, so I'm going to say this is one of the like I talked about the stories around it. And this is this is actually my first exposure to Vader
0: <laughs> really <I didn't laughs> yes
1: know. during um, obviously we had the lockdown last year yeah uh, and there was I remember Kevin Kelly was doing English commentary for old matches right and yeah with, yeah. No, with no New Japan going on in the present day I sat watching through those and one of those was vader versus stan hansen and you i watched it blew my mind i think why have i never seen vader before it's incredible
0: so do you know you you probably know where the story is going then but um, before the match even begins vader's nose is already shattered and bloody um you know it's a great way to start a match uh but you know vader ever the pro gets in the ring carries on the match the bell rings and as the match gets going they're throwing hands And um, Hansen thumbs Vader in the eye, you know, like a good old heel Mm. does. Just a a, a simple thing that a heel has done a million times. Except uh, on this occasion, Hansen maybe done it too hard. And Vader's eye popped out of the socket. Literally. Uh, Vader, he's still got his mask on. So he tries to fix it and he can't. And he takes off the mask and you can literally see the eye like... His eyelid covering where his eye should be, and you just know it. You can't like it's not like out of a film where you can see it hanging halfway down in his face, but it's very obvious that something's very wrong. Mm. And um, you can actually see Vader like poke himself in the eye, trying to get his eye back into his socket, which he yeah, does. We,
1: yeah, it's quite the introduction to Vader. <laughs> just watching him like try and poke his eye back in uh, oh, to man. the socket—it's very just quite off-putting to be honest.
0: Uh, and then, of course, they finished the rest of the match like these crazy pro wrestlers do. Yeah, um, yeah it d- didn't stop them. Probably no. should have done, but it didn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, evade yeah, I think you talked about it in a book or something. Um, but it's, it's definitely one of those stories that it's hard to believe is true and it's just taken on this, this legend of its own. And um, the footage is there. Like Jamie said, it's got Kevin Kelly's commentary on. It's on New Japan World. And the match is out there, and there's gifts of Vader poking his eye Mm. back into his socket. Um, And it's, yeah, it's the most gruesome, wild thing. And it's the most Vader thing, really. It's a great, it's a perfect description and metaphor for who Vader is and was, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I'd say so. It's, he's just, no one else would do it. I think that kind of sums up Vader. He's just, there's no one else like him, not just in Japan, but in, um, just everywhere he wrestled, he was very unique and d- there was one Vader.
0: Yeah, that's the fact. There, there, there definitely was only one Vader and there will probably not be anyone like him again. There's not really those super heavyweights aren't as common these days, I would say. Mm. Uh, especially, I don't think, at least in New Japan, um, I'm not sure who you could classify as a super heavyweight these days. A bad luck Farley maybe. But, um,
1: uh, yeah, I'd say nowadays there's no one. Really comparable, yeah. Probably Farley's the closest, isn't he? But I wouldn't call him a super heavyweight.
0: Yeah, and that's only in terms of size. That's not in terms of the ability or what they were. Yeah, they bring I think to the table of the characters or anything like that. Yeah, if you're looking more
1: towards uh, Noah, you got people like Fujita, who you could probably class as a super heavyweight and carries himself in that sort of sense.
0: Yeah, but again, very Fuji- limited. Yeah, F- is a machine, isn't he? He's a mm, um, yeah. A prior, I think he's he done, done or does MMA as well, doesn't he? Yeah. He's, he very, mu- he's very much a, uh, a legitimate fighter. Whereas, yeah, Vader was, of course, as legitimate as they come, but within the confines of the wrestling ring. Yeah, a brawler more than a fighter. Yeah, yeah. There was uh, nothing fancy about what Vader was, was doing in the 80s and 90s. Mm. Well, I think, unfortunately, that is probably my extent of my Vader knowledge um you know he didn't have a he 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 spent a good few years in japan uh from you know i think the early eight the the late 80s is when he came and made his debut in new japan and then he had his stint with wcw and then i think he went back to japan and then he had a stint with wwf and then he went back to japan again and then after his time in noah uh which was of course noah didn't form until 2000 Mm. But after his time with Noah, I think that was really the end of his his runs in Japan, and he kind of just uh, would do miscellaneous wrestling things in in America, I think. But um, he had a a solid, at least 12 year career in Japan, I think, where he, you know, and in that time, it's not that when you think about how long guys have been, someone like Tanahashi's been wrestling or Nagata, you know, 30 plus years in Japan, Vader made an impact very quickly in the grand scheme of things.
1: Yeah, I think that speaks to him as a, um, as a wrestler as well. That he, he'd say 12 years, he'd, and you've got people who uh, wrestle in Japan for 30, 40 years, and they've made sort of the same level of impact. And it just says how big Vader was at the time and how long his um, sort of the, the conversation around
0: him's continued. Yeah, exactly. He's always going to be in the conversation for the greatest big men of all time and mm. greatest greatest foreigner in uh, Japan of all time, greatest gaijin. Uh, yeah. you know, unfortunately, I know his. I don't know anything about his time in WCW and WWE. Like I said, but I do know it's widely uh, agreed that he was absolutely wasted in WWE. Whatever happened, I don't know. But they never used him to the best of his abilities, from what I understand. No, not not surprising. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly but no but so jamie at the top of the podcast you gave yourself a four on your knowledge of vader yes uh now that you've heard me ramble i'm hoping that number's a bit higher but well, you definitely did start... well that's good you did start on a, a decent number four uh so you've eased my concerns that you were gonna go lower and uh, just <laughs> you know you've pulled a plug on my podcast and my dreams but i yeah, no, just
1: cancel it yeah
0: that's good to know okay so jamie's given himself a one now <laughs> no. so what, what number are you giving yourself now Jamie
1: uh, I'd say a six or seven I think I've, I'd definitely know more because I, I feel I knew the, the sort of the bones of it and sort of added the meat around that uh, a, to my a... image of Vader <laughs> I
0: like that I like that analogy um, I, might have to, I might have to steal that for future episodes <laughs> yeah alright everyone thank you for listening to Noob Japan Hopefully you learned something. If you didn't learn something, hopefully you enjoyed yourself. And if you didn't enjoy yourself or learn something, hopefully you'll still check out other episodes. We're covering vast quantity of wrestlers from new to old, uh, from Joshi to the men, uh, legends to the current, you know, the foreigners to the, the natives. And hopefully there'll be something for you. Please be sure to follow Jamie on Twitter at sixteen. As I've mentioned more than once now, he's a treasure trove of uh, opinions and thoughts on the current goings-on in Noah. He's writing tremendous columns for multiple websites. Uh, you can read his latest feature for, uh, as part of the monthly Pura magazine, magazine, uh, which is uh, great stuff. And um, yeah, like I said, he's my go-to guy for all things current Noah. This is the part of the podcast where I ask you to subscribe, rate, and review. Because if we've learned anything from listening to podcast over the years, it's apparently the most important thing for a podcast. Jamie, thanks for following me, mate. Have you got any closing bits to say?
1: No, I was going to say thank you very much for um, having us on the podcast. I really enjoyed it. And like you say about the NOAA stuff, if I can sort of tease the audience in future, we might, fingers crossed, be doing a Noob Japan podcast with our roles reversed on uh, Katsuhiko Nakajima. So hopefully we can pin down a time for that and sort of coincide with Noah rising through with their big uh, January first Budokan show.
0: If I get my way, Jamie, you're going to be schooling me on the entire Noah uh, roster. <laughs> if I'll, you I'll give not- it a
1: go. There's there's people a lot more knowledgeable than uh, knowledgeable than me, uh, of course, but I've um, I'll give it a go. I think.
0: That's all I want, mate. That's all I want. If you would like to come on the show as an enthusiast or a noob, please reach out to me on Twitter. I'm always looking for fellow fans to join me, so reach out to me at R H and then the number two. That was Noob Japan. We are Wrestle in, and now we're out.